Okay, we're rolling take five. Hook him up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Monday on E and Rod P. It is... Uh, Good, bad, and ugly from the weekend. Kind of good. Ties Texas Rangers pretty ugly over the weekend. They've lost 9 of 10. The Mariners are taking over. Have taken over in the AL West. Kind of an ugly weekend for Scotty Scheffler. I don't know if it was either ugly or bad. He just didn't play that great. And uh, Victor Hovland is your FedEx Cup champion. How about Hovland? He's made $32 million this year. That's a new record. What did he take from that? $18 million just from? Yeah, between this week and last week, he made $21.6 million. That's a nice nice couple of weeks. And he was locked in. That guy, like Tiger Woods at times, just long and straight off the tee, just laser beams right at the pins, and he was outstanding for, gosh, the last two weekends, without a doubt. This says, guys, uh, Mount Rushmore of game show hosts. Come on, that's easy. Pat Sajak, Alex Trebek, Chuck Woolery, Bob Barker. Okay? it's a good list. Richard Dawson, I always liked him on Family. I mean, when, when Steve Harvey going to get some love for his work on uh, mm-hmm. Family Feud? Yeah. He's very true. funny. No, Steve Harvey. Man, Steve Harvey just continues. He just works all the damn time. He's, he, he does like three or four of these dumb shows. He so does. I was thinking another one, too. I was always a fan growing up of Wink Martindale. Wink Martindale. And, you know, isn't that the... Defensive coordinator for the yes, defense? yes, that's funny. Yeah, they, they, that, that's <laughs> well, the, 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 Martindale, the defensive coordinator. They call him Wink because of the famous game show host. That's like that's how he got his nickname because his last name is Martindale, and his real name um, is not that. But that they kind of that's that's where he took his nickname from because Wink Martindale was a goofy, goofy. Uh, I don't think I actually even knew that. Yeah, he was on, <laughs> he was on a show called Tic Tac Doe uh, for a long time. Gotcha. Oh yeah, but now Wink Martindale, yeah, is the defensive coordinator of the Giants. Mm. And I think that's where he takes his nickname. But, uh, hey, guys, before we get to the headlines and back into some uh, behind-the-burn-orange curtain talk, it's game week for the Longhorns. Mm. Depth chart talk today. Uh, we were playing bullish or BS before the top of the hour. And now that the preseason is all over in the NFL, uh, the 3-0 and teams in the preseason, Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, Washington, and that's all. Which one of those teams are you most bullish on this year, Rod? What'd Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh three and zero, Jacksonville three and zero, and the Washington Commandos three and zero. I think Jacksonville will be the best of those three and zero preseason teams. Not that it means a damn thing because I believe the Detroit Lions that went winless didn't they go undefeated in the preseason that year? Yes, I believe I'm yes, not they mistaken. Did. They went yes, undefeated they in the preseason that year and then went winless in the regular yeah. season. So I mean, it's, if you're it watching, don't mean a damn thing. <laughs> you're watching all weekend. It's a bunch of guys that aren't. They're all going to get waved here today. Yeah, and tomorrow, bunch of jabronis hoping to make the XFL or what's another other yeah. league? Uh, USFL. USFL. Is it USFL? Put okay. some tape out there. There you go. So I, they didn't have those leagues when I was around. I had to go to Canada if I wanted to play more ball. Yeah. See. Did you? Yeah, I did. Hamilton, baby. Hamilton Tiger Cats. Go Tiger Cats. How long were you in Hamilton, Canada? Uh, not long. <laughs> it was like half a season. I was like, "Yeah, this is probably not for me." I, I, I was, I was pretty good. I actually, ended up making a lot of plays up there, but uh, I didn't like the, the pay scale. It wasn't worth it. wasn't worth your, your cash. It was. Yeah, it wasn't worth homie. it. Yeah, it was worth trying to get dual citizenship. 
<laughs> to be a Canadian. But the women were fantastic. I did. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I really enjoyed my time up there. Hamilton Tiger Cats. Where's yeah. Hamilton on the West Coast? Oh, yeah. Don't let me lie to you. Because um, I don't know my it's in Ontario, <coughs> regions. Yes, it's Ontario. Yeah. So that's um, so I'm gonna say, let me lie to you about exactly where it is. But I'm just saying it, it was a. I, I enjoyed my time there. It was. It wasn't bad. More of an in- industry. More of an industrial town. I think okay. Hamilton is. Yeah. Not the ex- most exotic parts of Canada, which like that's Vancouver and Toronto's like obviously. Well, there, Hamilton's New York not City. far from Buffalo. I mean, it's yeah. it's barely into Canada. So yeah, it's right across. Right across yeah. there. Uh, between kind of between Buffalo and <laughs> Toronto. Hey, so uh, also on the other side of that, in the NFL with three preseason games in the books, the winless teams, the teams did not win a game: Cincinnati, Philadelphia, Minnesota, exactly, Carolina, and the Rams. So I mean, those are going to be good teams. Well, not all of them, but Cincinnati. Cincinnati's going to be a good team. To be a real good. Joe Burrow didn't play us down. Yeah, because he got hurt early. Yeah, um, you, you know, know they'll be good. Teams. Philadelphia's going to be good because Philadelphia and. Uh, and Philadelphia and Cincinnati both. You know what? In Minnesota, I know that Minnesota's got a lot of weird stats about last season, but Minnesota actually may end up being a decent team this year still. But they had a net. It's crazy. They're the first team that won. They won 13 games, I believe it was. Yes. Um, and had a negative point differential. <laughs> I don't like. It feels like that's hard to do. But they had so many close, tight games, so many come-from-behind wins. They had so many kind of fourth-quarter comeback wins. Usually there's a regression to the mean when you have that many kind of abnormalities and yeah. extremes. Uh, but we'll see. They, I mean, they're, I like Minnesota, though, as a team. And that wide receiving core now with Jordan Addison and Justin Jefferson. The question is their defense because they that won is the question. their yep. defense. And, you know, it's hard to overcome a bad defense, and they did so many times last year in those, those close games. But I think the rest of that division is better, too, with Detroit as one of the favorites and Green Bay. Who knows? Jordan Love had a good preseason, so now Ooh. they're excited. And Chicago feels like they're on the come. <laughs> I would also ask you all this before we do the headlines because we're on the NFL. We're going to hear from Mike McCarthy coming up. I uh, was asked how Dak Prescott did calling plays. Uh, which he did on on Saturday nights. So we'll hear Mike McCarthy, and as you pointed out, this isn't the first time Mike McCarthy's let his quarterback call play. No. He let he let Aaron Rodgers do it a couple of times. That's why Aaron Rodgers likes to do it now. He yeah. did it most recently. Yeah, he it's did a good it. way to get your quarterback yeah. you know, mentally sharp and in the flow of the game without having to, him playing and, and risk injury. But I would also say that uh, the word is out now that Jerry Jones did not consult Dak Prescott or mention it to Dak Prescott that they were acquiring Trey Lance or Mike McCarthy or Mike McCarthy. He didn't mention it either Should one. Should they have? Um, I think that's a fair question. Is that their responsibility to tell their their highly paid starting quarterback that hey, we're acquiring this this quarterback, or just you know you're just part of the team, deal with it? Yeah, it's a courtesy, I think, if you for the quarterback, uh, for the head coach, yeah, probably should have at least you know reached out to the head coach, let them know, hey, I'm having a conversation, a text, having a conversation about acquiring Trey Lance, just so you know. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah it's a courtesy to the quarterback, though, and you should, by the way, you should respect that courtesy. Remember Deshaun Watson. One of the things, and you remember this, he that 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 initially, and I know long, I know Texans fans don't care anymore because there was a lot more uh, on Deshaun Watson's plate at the time, more so than his dissatisfaction with being a Texan. But remember, one of the things that initially disgruntled him was the fact that they traded uh, DeAndre Hopkins and never reached out to him. He found out on the crawl on ESPN. Yeah, he which, found out how we all found out, which is probably how Dak found out. Yes, and I think because I got a text, I was yeah. that came down. I was like a Friday news dump, mm-hmm. 
was, uh, you know, having dinner, I got a text from my buddy. I hadn't even seen it. He said, Cowboy's got Nance. I was like, well, who's Nance? <laughs> oh, oh, I meant typo. I mean Lance. I mean Lance. Nance. <laughs> I was like, who's Nance? Who the hell is Nance? Got Why Jim are you Nance? about this guy? Jim Nance is coming to the Cowboys? Sweet. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, but, no, you're right. I, I, I think Jerry probably should have. You know, displayed a little bit more uh, awareness, and either one of those guys should have gotten a heads up, either Dak or Mike coming. McCarthy. Just so yeah. you know, Dak. Hey, let's get to yeah. your. Oh, but you know what? Maybe we'll rattle the cage a little bit. And maybe that's the point. E, maybe that's the point. Raise it up, Dak. Yeah, Raise exactly, it up. That's exactly what he wants. Let's get to the headlines. The other trending topics of a uh, good, bad, and ugly Monday morning. <laughs> Top Gun Lawn Equipment Rentals bring you the news. Yeah, Texas football that week for the Longhorns. Game week. As they open their final season as members of the Big 12 this coming Saturday. Of course, before they play any conference games, three straight non-cons, uh, including this Saturday's opener with the Rice Owls. Texas currently a 35-point favorite, according to Vegas. 2.30 the kickoff. Uh, Rice has pick, been picked to finish 12th in the 14-team AAC, coming off a 5-8 and eight record. Texas, of course, picked to in the preseason to win the Big 12. College football season did open this past Saturday. A couple of games of note, including 6th-ranked USC rolling past San Jose State 56-28. Heisman Trophy winner Caleb Williams threw four touchdown passes in that game. He's off to a good start. In Dublin, 13th-ranked Notre Dame, Wallop Navy, 42-0. Their new quarterback, Sam Hartman, also threw four touchdowns, two of them to, the, to Austin's own true freshman, Jaden Greathouse, get from Westlake. Major League Baseball, streaking Mariners are now in sole possession of first place in the American League West. They swept the Royals this weekend. Rangers, meanwhile, uh, lost 9 of 10. And they have lost their lead on first place. They've had it held it every day since April the 8th. They now trail Seattle by a game. Uh, Houston walloped Detroit yesterday 17-4 in the rubber game of that series. Uh, they're also one game back in the Mariners tied with the Rangers right now. Percentage points separating the two. At the Dell Diamond, Round Rock won again. They rolled Salt Lake 11-2. Also from baseball, about the moment in Williamsport, Pennsylvania yesterday. Young Lewis Lappy lived every kid's dream. His team locked his team from California. Locked in a 5-5 tie in the championship game with Curacao of the Little League World Series. Carl Ravitch on ABC yesterday. California wins the Little League World Series. Also in golf, 25-year-old Victor Hovland ran away from the field at the Tour Championship. He wins the FedEx Cup and cashes that $18 million check. Also this weekend, Austin FC fell to ninth place in the Western Conference. They lost at FC Dallas 1-0 with the goal coming in stoppage time. Austin returns home Wednesday to host Seattle. Meanwhile, at Moody Center yesterday, what a weekend for the Austin Gamblers. They finished off a 3-0 weekend on their home dirt with a win on Gambler Days. Uh, in front of a packed house, gamblers are now 12-1 and one on the year in the PBR Team Series. Horn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Top Gun's joined forces with the legendary Austin Outdoor Power to give you the best lines of outdoor power equipment and the fastest repair turnaround times in town. TopGun.net will shoot you straight. Uh, I know we're going to get into uh, the Dallas Cowboys a little bit and talk about Dak's play-calling uh, debut in the preseason, but I will give the, the Cowboys some props. Uh, brought this up earlier Man, the Cowboys, and I, I, I'm sorry, I'd put them up there with almost any team right now, at least this offseason, uh, or at least in the last uh, few months, that have been really aggressive in the trade market in the NFL. I always talk about the NBAification of the NFL. Uh, trades are a big part of that. Now teams are embracing the trade market more than ever. 
Cowboys have basically gotten themselves three starters out of trades uh, over the last few months, including going back into the season when they got Jonathan Hankins for a sixth-round pick, starting D-tackle for him, got Brandon Cooks, obviously, this offseason. That was for a fifth-round pick, got uh cornerback uh, Stefan Gilmore, former defensive player of the year for a fifth round pick. Those are starters at key spots. They, they needed somebody to, to plug the hole and be uh, really someone that can be stout in the middle of their defense to shore up their rush defense. That was Jonathan Hankins. They need another threat on the outside in their wide receiving core, especially after losing Dalton Schultz uh, and some other weapons over the years. Brandon Cooks is that guy, and they needed a cornerback opposite of Trevon Diggs who could basically stand up and be uh, a not only serviceable, but be somebody that can make plays because teams are staying away from Trevon Diggs more and more because of his playmaking ability. Well, now you got, you know, to pick your poison. You're going to throw at Trevon Diggs, you're going to throw at a former defensive player of the year uh, in Stephen Gilmore, or throw at the slot in Deron Bland, a rookie who had five interceptions last year. Uh, then you have Trey Lance, of course, not a starter, but we talked about his value, and we'll get back to that in Rod's round of the day again. But I love the way the Cowboys are attacking the trade market. They don't like free agency. They think it's too expensive. They love the draft. That's their homegrown team, probably the most homegrown team in the NFL. And also their model is about undrafted free agents. They're one of the top five best undrafted free agency uh, teams in the NFL as well. Those are the two primary ways they construct their roster. But now you're starting to see them fill in some of the gaps with the trade market. And I love that. That's new for the Cowboys. They haven't always been this aggressive. Well, Jerry used to be. And then when he was going crazy and trading picks for trying to acquiring Roy Williams and acquiring Joey Galloway and making oh, yeah. these crazy trades, finally Stephen <laughs> and Will McClay have calmed him down, and they've been not active enough, in my opinion. Right? Yeah. Uh, if you don't want to compete in free agency, I get that because it it's where average a lot of times average players get overpriced because the market is pushing the price up, especially at a need position. I get that, and so you want to build through the draft, but. You know, you saw the the Eagles kind of go for it last year with the AJ Brown trade. I mean, the the night the Rams before them with Sean McVay went for it and mm-hmm. went to win a Super Bowl. And people were accurately asking Jerry Jones, "Hey, why aren't we going for it? I mean, you're this close. You're in the divisional round. Why wouldn't you try to acquire a couple of players that can put you over the top? Uh, you know, those precious fifth round draft picks or fourth round picks, uh, if they can help you win a Super Bowl, wouldn't that be worth it? And the Cowboys this off season, which is why there's so much pressure on Dak Prescott. Because this season's all on Dak, right? Yep. They, they've they've re- reacquired Dan Quinn. They re-signed all their key free agents on the defensive side. They traded for the guys you just mentioned. And now they've traded for Trey Lance to give them more quarterback security. And they, they're all in. There's no doubt. Seems Jerry Jones, this team is is, is going for it right yep. now. They, they see a window with, you know, because you know, if we can get past Philadelphia, because you gave the great point earlier that having Trey Lance on the team, a fourth-round pick may be heavy, but at the same time, he can give you a great simulation of Jalen Hurts and your preparation for games against the Eagles and the mm-hmm. Giants. Um, you know, he played Josh Allen this year. Uh, they're in. And so the pressure is on Dak. Can we hear Mike McCarthy after the game on Saturday? Because Dak didn't play again. He did call the plays, though. And he and Will Greer got in a really good with him, and they threw four touchdown passes. Here was Mike McCarthy a little bit on his thoughts on how Dak did as a play caller. Mike, was it kind of a, a good exercise, the, the role reversal with you and Dak tonight? I mean, you're both kind of getting on the same page as play caller and quarterback and just to kind of reverse the roles. And, and I mean, was he kind of calling it the way you would? Did you? Did no, you I'll be honest with you, I did it, David, to keep keep his head. I wanted his totally in the game. And, it, and he, whether he realized it or not, we you know, our post-practice, I don't know if you guys stayed out there, 
for this in Oxnard, but we had post-practice periods where we would walk the field and call the two-minute. So uh, the last two weeks there, you know, I had both him and Cooper calling it. So he didn't know at the time, but I was pre I was preparing him for this because I, I really wanted him to take take this opportunity. So um, it was first time, and you know, like I said, I thought he I thought he was outstanding. All right, there's Mike McCarthy. Did a good job. I love that, and it, I think it. First of all, you want to empower your quarterbacks, right? That's part of the, your, the quarterback nurturing experience. You want to empower your quarterbacks, and you want them to have ownership of the offense. You know, I remember talking to Tom Herman um, about Sam Ellinger. This had to be uh, maybe 2019, somewhere around there. And then uh, Tom Herman told me, he said, you know, Sam actually gives me suggestions about my offense now. It, it, and he was saying it in a in a way that he was proud of that. He was basically saying that it's Sam's offense now. Sam knows my offense as well, if not better than me. <laughs> um, that's how well. And he basically he was empowering Sam to take ownership of the offense in that way. Like, no, no, no. You got suggestions to make this to streamline this offense. Some stuff that I put in there was nonsensical to you. Throw it out there, and then we'll streamline it and make it even better uh, and make it as quarterback friendly as possible or Sam Ellinger friendly as possible. Uh, I think that's part of this experience that Mike. McCarthy is is trying to put that that Prescott in as well. He is trying to give him to empower him number one, but also he wants him to take ownership of the offense. That is Dak's offense to the point where he can even call the damn plays. Yeah, that's how well he knows and how comfortable he is and familiar he is with the offense. Yeah, down and distance, comfortable play calls, yes, things you're right? going to do. I like that. I do too. I think that's uh, and again this year's on Dak. I mean it really. I mean and on Mike McCarthy vis a vis that. I mean Dak's he's got to get the most out of Dak Prescott. Uh, but I think Ty brought up a great point in Buller, Bullish or BS. If they're going to be a run-based team and then play action off of it, is their running back room good enough to handle the rigors of an 18-week season and 17 games? And you know, Tony Pollard has never been asked to be the bell cow running back at any level of you know college or pro. Uh, then you got Rico Dowdle and Deuce Vaughn. I think that is a, a area of concern because this is the time of year now, right? You're going to get down to 53 players. Yep. All the cuts are going to happen today and the next couple days, and you know a couple storylines to watch. You're, the 49ers don't have a kicker right now because of an, an injury rash that they've had. They remember, they drafted a kicker in the third round this past year out of Michigan because they let Robbie Gold go. Niners don't have a kicker, so they're looking for a kicker. And does Jonathan Taylor get traded? Does that yeah, happen? You're right remember, about the deadline that. is tomorrow. I think the, uh, the what Jim Irsay said, look, put yourself out there. Find yourself a trade part of the report. The report into the weekend was that the Colts turned down an offer from the Dolphins so that the Dolphins mm -hmm. actually did make an offer. Wasn't up to what they wanted. So, you know, deadlines make deals. If tomorrow is the deadline, we'll see if Jonathan Taylor gets moved. We've heard the Bears. We've heard the Dolphins. We've heard the Eagles as teams who may have interest in the uh, young running back. Ooh, the Eagles. Oh, man. That, that, that should scare Cowboys fans just a little bit. I know. If the Eagles make that kind of move. Because what it would say is not only that, of course, you're adding one of the best running backs in the league to an already potent running attack with one of the best dual-threat quarterbacks, and we know Devontae Smith and, uh, obviously, A.J. Brown, great threats on the outside. But it, it would signal a shift in Howie Roseman's mindset that he's, he, he believes they're, they're, they need to go all in, that they, they're right there. They're on the cusp. And he's, he's done that before when the, he believes the Eagles are on the cusp. When they're on the cusp of being able to win a championship, that he'll go all in. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but if they think that kind of move, when he usually doesn't invest in running yeah, back that to that be, extent. That yeah. would be a zag when everybody else is zigging, right? Yeah. I mean, it's yep. uh, why would you acquire a young running back with, with the market as it is, but same time, the window, right? I mean, the, the window. window. The window. I mean, you, if, the, <laughs> if you're looking over there, I know the Cowboys have put it all into this season and, and they're <laughs> coming for you. 
and they've got this great defense. You know, you can as many weapons as you can to throw at Micah Parsons and Dan Quinn and the Cowboys. Uh, you know, if you if, and again, if they are indeed the Eagles involved in the, in the Jonathan uh, Taylor conversations, that would tell me that Rashad Penny, who they signed in, from Seattle, and DeAndre Swift, who they traded for from Detroit, have not been everything that they had hoped potentially. Because remember, they still have. Um, Kenneth Gainwell there. Oh yeah, who was a big part of their backfield last year. Mm-hmm. Miles Sanders is the big departure, but you wonder if they've been underwhelmed with Swift and Penny, and that's why they're thinking. You know what? We got to go get a running back because we, you know, we uh, we can't we cannot rely on Jalen Hurts as much this year running. He's still going to be a part of our run game, but we know what happened last year. He got hurt, missed three games at the end of the season, and it almost cost the Eagles and Jalen Hurts did. some playoff games. Yes, it did. So you got to wonder if they're thinking we we need more from our backs this year. And Jonathan Taylor would give us, gosh, think about the weaponry you'd have. You'd have Hurts and he in the backfield mm. with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard and a really good offensive line. That would be that'd be a problem because the Cowboys' defense is a problem. Yeah, and I think the only real weakness of the Cowboys' defense, well, it used to be, too, it was the cornerback spot opposite Trevon Diggs, and it was their rush defense, specifically their interior rush defense. Well, you shored up the cornerback spot opposite Trevon Diggs. You got a former defensive player of the year there in Stephen Gilmore. But the truth is, Mozzie Smith is not this year – going to be, in my opinion, a force player. He's not going to be someone to reckon with in the interior of that defense. So still right now it's just Jonathan Hankins and Leighton Vanderish are pretty much our primary interior rush defenders. And if either one of those guys gets hurt, like we saw last season, I'm knocking on wood for you Cowboys fans, then that rush defense becomes a liability for the Cowboys. And if you're the Eagles, you're thinking, how do I beat the Cowboys? Well, you got to figure out how to solve that defense. you got to figure out how to exploit that defense. And the best way to exploit the Dan Quinn defense is Pretty much interior run game, like the run game right up the gut. Uh, you, you got that with not only the the Eagles and the way they run the ball, the tush push included. Uh, but if you get Jonathan Taylor, yeah. how about a power running back well, who also similar, can break away speed? To me, it would be similar to the Niners last year getting <laughs> Christian McCaffrey. I mean, you're yeah. getting a, a maybe the final piece. And because, uh, you know, we know there are no Hall of Fame quarterbacks currently playing in the <laughs> NFC, but a lot of weaponry in San Francisco, a lot of weaponry if, if you were to get Jonathan Taylor in an already loaded Philadelphia. All right, we'll come back. When we do, it'll be halfway through our five-hour program on this Monday, so we'll be at the turn. We'll get you some golf, including how good was Victor Hovland this weekend in Atlanta, and then we're going behind the burn orange curtain. It's five Ooh. days to kick off. Game week, game, game, game week. week. Get game out week. your uh, your programs. It's game week time. Depth charts. We're talking Texas football coming up. Also, before the end of the hour, we'll go off the record, but Texas football coming next. Austin, Texas, sports. Hello, friends. Hello, friends. We were at the turn, Rod. It's 8.30. That means we're halfway through. We were uh, taking our halfway break, (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, five hours each day, and so bottom of the eight is our turn. So if you play golf, you know you've played nine. got nine to go. We'll turn for home. So it's at the turn. And uh, the story is all about Victor Hovland over the last two Sundays, Rod Babers. Last two Sundays, 17 birdies. 17 birdies. The man is in the zone. Finished minus 16 his last two Sundays. <laughs> won two trophies and $21.6 million. 21.6 mil. It's a lot of cash. And he's won $32 million for the season. That's pretty good. I sent you, Ty, can we uh, play this? Because I sent it to you. Uh, Victor Hovland asked about how much does he think about money? Because remember, this was the same guy, Victor Hovland, because another one of his big paychecks this year was at Jack Nicholas's event, the, 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 the memorial mm-hmm. outside Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. And he won that. But he had already told a buddy of his who, who was playing in an amateur tournament from, from Oklahoma State, Victor Hovland said, I'll, I'll caddy for you. 
And not only, but so he won the Jack Nicholas tournament this year in a playoff. So he had to play extra golf and he played late into Sunday. Yet he still got on a plane and went and, and showed up that Monday and carried that dude's bag <laughs> because he said he would. This Victor Hovland is a good dude. Uh, plus, he's a great golfer. Here he is. He was asked about uh, how much does all that money mean? Uh, just just all the hard work that uh, I've done and, and um, just the team that's helped me every single week. And uh, it's, it's just pretty surreal to be standing here right now. Um, you know, played basically my best golf the last two weeks and uh, couldn't have happened at a better moment. Uh, in front of all these people, so just want to appreciate y'all for being here and, and being awesome. So, thank you guys. There you go. Take us inside. There you go, Victor. Victor Hovland, your winner. And uh, by the way, don't Man. feel too bad for Scotty Scheffler. He didn't play great this weekend. His putter continues to be a problem. Uh, Seventy-three, seventy over the weekend, but still finished tied for sixth. Made two million dollars. Two million. Hey. <laughs> Hey, you know that's all right. Nice, nice payday. Nice yeah, we're talking about man. Got a nice check on the he way had, out. He had made, I think, close to like twenty-one million this yeah, yeah. season too. Yeah. So he was already doing pretty well. But I guess that eighteen million on top of that would have been real nice. Next up for golf will be the Ryder Cup. That'll be a big event. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, you know, last week, Rod, this could be an off-the-record topic, but uh, it's golf-related. Last week, our former president, Donald Trump, said, said he was 215 pounds when he was, in, what, was yeah. booked. Yeah, maybe when he was in high school. I think, he, <laughs> I think he was coming out. Well, I don't know if you saw this, but over the weekend, uh, the Donald uh, tweeted, the former president, that, hey, I don't care if, who needs to know, but he says he won his club championship and shot a 67. Do we have witnesses? Is there a scorecard no, here? And how about Don, Donald Trump's tweet? There was no hanky-lanky. Hanky-lanky. <laughs> he says he shot 67 and won his club championship. Is there a scorecard or witnesses that, to this? I, 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 Secret Service was there. Well, they don't well, if you're playing in your If you're playing in they, your club championship, you are going to be playing with other members. That's what I'm saying. So there's got to be somebody else who witnessed this that can be like, oh, yeah, I was there. He said there was, there was no hanky-panky. Hanky-lanky. Hanky-lanky is what hanky-lanky. he said. Hanky-lanky. Oh, that's that a golf thing. That's a golf thing. I don't, I, no, he, I think he mis, mistyped. Oh, <laughs> I thought it was like a golf. I thought it was like a golf pun. I've never something. heard that before. Oh yeah, you're a golf guy. Yeah. All right, I thought it was like a golf thing. No, so. no. Okay. Well, but. 67. Yeah. Well, he, he's obviously in great shape. He's six three two fifteen. He's in the best shape of his best life. Best shape of yeah. his life. <laughs> you know what I mean? This guy's got it all figured out. He's two fifteen and he's shooting sixty seven yeah, in his club championship. Yeah, it's basically yeah. He's Bryce Harper. He's like Bryce Harper size basically. That's like, I think Bryce Harper's like six two two. 20 or something like that? There you go. Yeah, 77 years old and shooting <laughs> 67. Beating, beating his age by 10 strokes. Hey. And his weight by 50 pounds. Some sand. At least. I can say he's, you know, he's an advanced know. human. I love it. That's all. There's your at the turn, a little golf chatter each morning at the turn at the halfway point. But that means it's time to jump right in and get behind that burn orange curtain because it's game week. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind I'm not sure what the president meant by that. No hanky panky in golf. Hanky lanky. Hanky lanky. But is there hanky panky in golf? And hanky panky like 
about getting intimate, getting the groove on? Is that what hanky panky is? That's that's kind of what hanky panky is. You know, that's. I'm that's not sure exactly down. what hanky panky is now. Now I need now the president's got <laughs> former president's got uh, me. That's you know, slang out. for you know. I thought it was hanky panky like getting it on. Yeah, getting yeah. messing around. Yeah, okay, that's what I'm thought. Like yeah. if you're a parent and you're like, hey, no hanky panky tonight, guys. No hanky. exactly hanky panky. Like, panky oh, man, yeah, you're so old. It's like the 1940s term for getting it on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know why we still use uh, that. The anyway. meaning is hanky panky. <laughs> sexual activity, especially when regarded as somewhat improper. Yeah, so so I guess I, improper. So the dirty, the dirty he, dreidel is. is but he wrote. He wrote. <laughs> there's a wide spectrum of hanky panky. All right, so he that just, could be anything from casual petting just, to the full, right. the full Monty. No, the full Monty. But same time, I don't know that there is anything called the hanky lanky. I was saying, was it a typo or did he actually mean that? Thank you, thank you. Anyway, all right, there you go. Uh, okay, let's talk about the uh, Texas Rice game a little bit, gentlemen. I've been d- diving into the the rabbit hole about the Rice Owls. And I'll say this. I'll throw this out there. I've had Rice Owl fans, because I'm from H-Town, so I do know some Rice Owl fans, tell me that this team is one of their more talented teams overall. And it starts with JT Daniels, who is the starting quarterback, by the way, fourth school Started at three power five schools, which means you got listen, you gotta have some skill to start at three power five schools. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean start five at, star player. Right? He started at USC, Georgia, and West Virginia. So I mean Long Point fans are like, ah man, JT Davis doesn't scare me. He started at three power five schools. And by the way, he did start at Georgia but the year they won the national title. Yeah, early on before he got hurt. Yeah. Well, you know, Mike Bloomgren, the Rice coach, says he's recruited him every time. Because he recruited from Stanford. Yeah, He, he was, wanted to have him at Stanford, with, right? Yeah, because he was at Stanford yeah. with David Shaw. Mm-hmm. And so when JT Daniels was a hotshot high school quarterback, they he were, wanted him were trying to recruit him. And then every time he's gotten the portal to transfer, he's tried to recruit him, and he finally got him. <laughs> finally got him. Now that uh, he's dropped his standards a bit. <laughs> he's like, all right, you know what? I'll give you a shot, coach. But because of that, actually, how about this? So if you go look at the 12 highest-ranked recruiting classes in Rice Owl history, because I, I had a friend from who's a Rice Owl told me, no, oh, man, we actually been recruiting really, really well. And I was like, all right, let me go check Got it your out. your inside source here, I uh, know. If you go look at the 12 highest-ranked recruiting classes in program history, uh, three of those have come in the last four years. Uh, yeah, in 2020, 2022, and in 2023. Uh, and, and how about this? 12 of the 16 highest-rated recruits ever that has ever been recruited. We're talking about modern recruiting, so we're talking about basically the last 25, 30 years, since the Internet, basically. Um, and 12 of the last 12 of the 16 highest-rated recruits in the history of the Rice program have come in the last four years. So they, they're recruiting a, a different caliber of player now than they're recruiting in the past. And they're starting to stack some really good class on top of one another. Five of their ten highest-rated signees in program history actually came in the 2023 class, the one they just signed. So just throwing it out there, for Rice, for Rice, <laughs> right, they have a pretty talented squad. Luke McCaffrey is going to be a wide receiver for them this year. Um, he Christian's was a, brother. Yeah, he was a highly recruited player. We obviously talked about JT Daniels being another uh, highly recruited player. So they, they do have some talent. Remember, they also are upping their level of play. They're going from the Conference USA to now the American Athletic Conference, which is a little bit more competitive than Conference USA. And they're pit, that's a 14-team league, and they're picked to finish 12th in the preseason. Yes. But yeah. I think the sense out of out of Rice is you know they're 35-point <laughs> underdogs to the Longhorns, and that's a monumental task. But th- th- they're good enough to compete in the AAC, or at least try to try to play for some some for a bowl 
game, right? They're not. That's what be their Texas, goal is. Their goal is a bowl game. That's their goal. And and you know, JT Daniels does bring a ton of experience, and he's their most talented quarterback they've had in a while, long time. Uh, I would say, and uh, yeah, I mean they, they've got some dudes. Same time, that's all at the top level. Texas is going to play two and three deep. The question for Texas is, uh, you know, is a depth chart going to be released today? Because I saw this, uh, Rod, even uh, from from our friends over at Inside Texas. Shout out. They've got a story this morning in which they, I'll just read it to you. It says, in a bit of a surprise, last night we received a message stating that C.J. Baxter would get the start over Jonathan Brooks. He says, now we Whoa. haven't confirmed that to the degree we'd like to, to, and we're not reporting that's the case, just a message we got. So, Ooh. again, you know. If so, the depth, so, so shakeups are happening, like Sark said, even down to the last minute. Yeah, if the, if the depth okay. chart is, remember they did their mock game on Saturday, and that was their their way of getting Especially the young guys, just trying to get an understanding of how how fast and, and and how a game goes, what the pace is like, what it's going to be like with Rice, and of course you want to be repping that and prepping that for the for the Alabama game and beyond the following week. Uh, but the, it was a competitive game, and uh, you know so Gavin Holmes, Terrence Brooks at corner, maybe C.J. Baxter, Jonathan Brooks at running back, wow. maybe right guard D.J. Campbell, Cole Hudson, who's going to be the starting player there. Because obviously this week it's not nearly as important as next week, right? Next week, who's yeah. your best eleven? And you, they're going to yeah, be exactly. on the field. Yeah, who the guys you trust? You will find out who Sark and that uh, coaching staff trust versus Bama. Because that's the only people they'll put out there. If they don't you trust you, a, you ain't going to see the well, field. Well, you know, Bama. we say it all the time. It's a broken record now. But Sark is, you know, if he's good enough, he's old enough. Yep. And they did that with Kelvin Banks last year. They did it with Xavier Worthy as a freshman. Which, yep. Would you no run doubt. a freshman running back and C.J. Baxter I trust him. out of Orlando onto the field against uh, Alabama to start the game? And Sark, you're right. You just brought up a lot of great examples that Sark has proven. No, if this guy can earn a job, he can earn my trust, I will put him on. If he gives us the best option at that position, I will put him on the field. Because there are a lot of people in and around the program who believe by, you know, by end of September, even in the midseason, C.J. Baxter will be the starting running back. Um, Jonathan Brooks has kind of waited his turn, and the kid from Hallettsville who had a really nice bowl game, and every time he's had it's a good chance, player. he's a good player. He's he's produ- produced, but obviously you're playing behind Roshan and Bijan, you're not going to get many options and opportunities there. But uh, we'll keep an eye on that depth chart. Eleven o'clock. Now we don't carry the press conferences anymore. We're not able to, but we will certainly have full mm-hmm. coverage. And as, as stuff breaks, you can follow us on social media, and we'll get you the very very latest on our on our Twitter page and Instagram. If a depth chart is released, we will certainly give you the full scoop here on the horn. When you have a veteran player um, such as Jonathan Brooks, and he is competing against a freshman just got on campus, all right, and CJ Baxter even come in early. Did he, he come? Did. He, he did. Early he was here early? in January. So that that matters a little bit. So he's not totally like just stepped on campus. He's he's been able to acclimate himself, and I think that helps him in the competition because I I came early, helped me too. Um, but when you are weighing that competition as a coach. Usually, if it's close, and obviously it's close, if it's close, you go with the younger player usually because the the veterans should have separation because they've been on campus, they know the system, they know the personnel, they know the expectations from the coach. They've uh, you know I mean that they, they have a certain comfort level that that they have been able to establish that the young player just has not been able to establish in terms of the baseline and all that. So usually you just go with the younger player because if the younger player is even close to the veteran. In that situation, and Jonathan Brooks has been on campus for a couple of years, if he's even close to that player, then that would mean that the developmental rate and the developmental track of that younger player 
is basically it, it's going to accelerate past at yeah, one I mean, point. It's going to accelerate past Jonathan Brooks, and it probably will be sooner rather than later because he shouldn't be that close to him. Especially in year three with this coaching staff. Yes. In the, it shouldn't be that close to him in competition. Right. There should so. be separation. And if not, then you can, you can pretty much – you could project predict. that the yeah. ceiling is higher on the the young player than it's going to be on the. I mean, yeah. I mean why you, waste why race reps with the veteran when I can get this young guy, right. this prodigy, up to speed quicker? Like, you know, Kelvin Banks there was no brainer uh, at left tackle last year, but at the same time, if C.J. Baxter is your your best and most explosive running back, and you got to be able to run the football in this offense, yeah, uh, then you know that's the way that'll go. But obviously, turnovers are a challenge. You make sure. It doesn't mean C.J. Baxter's a fumble guy. I'm just saying he's a freshman, and that's going to be a big moment. I mean, think about that. You were running out there 18 years old against the Nick Saban defense and saying, come on, welcome to college football, young guy. Oh, yeah. No, you're right about that. But like I said, if that does indeed happen, it it says that that Sark really trusts that young guy in that situation. And Sark, the young guys that he has trusted to be starters – I would say he's done a good job. <laughs> I would guess it's going to be Jonathan Brooks. As, uh, Viking fans, Jimmy says, absolutely no way Baxter starts over Brooks. Sketchy report. No, they didn't report it. They said yeah. we heard he a said report. It's they they said it was a rumor. They said it was a rumor. It's a rumor. It's for rumor, which will be like off the record coming up. But also, I do think you'll have you'll, you'll have those two backs play a lot. I think it'll be a committee of sorts at the running back position. Anyway, oh, I think Keelan so Robinson's going to be thrown in there as a complimentary piece, too. Yeah, Keelan Robinson yeah. for sure. So. As a, is a game changer, and we'll see. We'll see where that goes uh, for the Longhorns. So there's behind the Burn Orange Court. And 11 o'clock today is the uh, the media availability for Sark. We'll have more, obviously, throughout this morning and throughout this week on the Longhorns and the Rice Owls. We'll also talk a little bit more about what the games we got to see this weekend. Sam Hartman and Notre Dame looking good. And uh, local product Jaden Greathouse was a star on Saturday. Also Caleb Williams in USC. But Lincoln Riley's defense might still be a problem out in Southern California. But coming back, we're going off the record. Uh, some stories you need to know that uh, Rod and I have dug up that maybe you won't hear anywhere else. Off the record, coming next. D.D. Megadoodoo. I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get a brain bag comb. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, good sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. Oh, man, Off the Record never sucks with Ian Rod B. Got good stuff, including it's now, uh, I'm going to go ahead and call what we heard over the weekend, the worst contract ever signed. Because some are calling <laughs> Trey Lance and the decision by the Niners to trade all the picks to go get him and now trade him to the Cowboys. That becomes the worst quarterback draft pick of all time. We'll debate that coming up. Yeah, some people are saying that. I now have the worst contract. You got it? I got it. Give it to me. Uh, I'll give it to you in a minute. Okay. Give it to you in a minute. But the... Uh, the first thing is the star of the Price is Right for so many years, Bob Barker. Bob Barker died of natural causes at 99 years old. Did not go over, but he lived a long, great life. <laughs> uh, can I? Can you hear? Can we have this tie. This is his final sign-off back in 2007, as uh, the final time he signed off of the uh, the, the world-famous show Price is Right. I want to thank you very, very much for inviting me into your homes for the last 50 years. I am deeply grateful. And please remember, help control the pet population. Have your pets spayed or neutered. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye, Bob. Goodbye, Bob. Dun, 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 dun. Hey, he's consistent. He always, he always gives the, the shout-out to be aware of uh, spaying and neutering your pets. What? 
Yeah, he was big on that. Oh, he was big on that. Over, over, over <laughs> oh, no, population. Oh, forever. He was, he's always mentioned that as he's far back message. as I can remember. That was like a consistent message for him. Consistent. Spay and neuter your pets. Between that Swear. and uh, molesting the <laughs> ba- Barker's babes. Yeah. <laughs> groping the Barker's babes. And I love that music, too. Isn't that music <laughs> great? Doesn't it bring back such nostalgia? <laughs> oh, uh, this says, uh, <laughs> we asked the uh, the greatest uh, game show host, Mount Rushmore, Bob Barker, Monty Hall, Pat Sajak, Alex Trebek is his nominee. Uh, that's good. That's a great list. Pat Sajak. I yeah, like man. that. Yeah, Don't have been there. Fortune. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to say, uh, I'm b- BSing on that here and off the record because... Uh-oh. Well, you know who's not on that list? Remember after he retired, they they gave it to Drew Carey. I don't know that I like think Drew Carey's very I, good at that. Yeah, I've seen him on there. For, it's just, yeah, he doesn't have the same, you know, kind of mojo. He just doesn't yeah. have that. Yeah, I mean, he's good. Drew Carey's he's funny. Enough. Yeah, exactly. He's Something sh- like, yeah, <laughs> Bob Walker embraced the cheesy, didn't he? Yeah, well, and he had the pencil-thin microphone, you know. It was like the long, skinny mic with a little ball at the top. And, uh, I, I was big into Bob Barker, man. Oh, I was too. Drew okay. Carey, Drew Carey, not on my list of great. Now you're trying to replace hosts. all those, right? You're trying to replace Alex Trebek on Jeopardy. Do you think uh, Drew and Carey, Pat Sajak being replaced too? Who'd they get for Pat Sajak? Who was it? They haven't decided yet, have they? They haven't decided yet. Okay, no, they're, they're trying to figure they're, that they're out. They're replacing all those. Remember, Vanna White's mad. Well, because Vanna wanted the job. Oh no, it's Ryan Seacrest. Ryan Seacrest. Oh, they get, damn, he got another. You got another Seacrest, job? Yeah, he's got like five jobs. <laughs> I know he makes a lot of money. Uh, he makes a lot of money, but yeah, I think Vanna Wright wanted it, and then she didn't get it. Well, but. when they brought in like a younger guy in Seacrest, she's thinking, well, "I'm about to be out of here." Oh yeah, she does. Oh, sixty yeah. something years old. Well, of course. Well, how, come on, Vanna, how long are you gonna keep that gig? Well, they haven't given her a raise in twenty years. Give her a raise every now and again. Not well, just free clothes. I mean, what's she is she just touching the letters though? Right? I know she doesn't do a lot. <laughs> She stays in her lane, Rod. What's what's She the stays race in her for? lane. She never went into the adult <laughs> entertainment industry or tried to be a movie star. Or That's something. true. She's wanted to no do no sex tapes with Vanna White. That never right. happened. I don't know. Right. I, think, I think there's some nude photos of her out there. Oh, that's fine. Probably something she did for Playboy yeah, or something. Yeah. Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, something classy. It's Vanna. Yeah, be classy, Lana. <laughs> classy. She's. Yeah. yeah, love me some Vanna White. All right, so we'll take your your game um, show uh, all time. Oh, how about this one? Did you know this was okay? You guys have Netflix, I'm sure. Yes. Uh, the streaming uh, platform. Did you guys know they were still mailing DVDs today? They still mail DVDs. They, they I got this article from uh, from uh, New York Post. It says Netflix is winding down its shipment of envelopes containing DVDs, mailing oh, the man. final batch on September 29th. They mailed their final batch of DVDs, so now they're officially done. Okay. Well, that was the last one, I guess. Huh? Yeah, they, 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 yeah. I thought it was done years ago. Apparently, there's some people out there that are still getting DVDs from Netflix. Is that if you're a DVD uh, Netflix subscriber, uh, you could enter a chance to, you know, kind of like, basically shift over to the streaming platform. They're giving you that chance. But some people were still getting DVDs via the mail from Netflix. Didn't make that up. That's crazy. I love that. <laughs> uh, also, we'll pick this up coming up uh, after the top of the hour, but it bear, bears mentioning when, when we talked about it on Friday that uh, Chris Del Conte declared that for the athletic department that they're embracing the hate, embracing the hate rod, that uh, that has gotten some blowback in this day and age, that people yeah. are not happy with the word hate. They don't mm. think we should be embracing any type of hate. And so including the, on the university's campus, own campus, Professors are not happy with it. So we'll talk about that coming up. Should it be a controversy? But here it is, Rod. Worst contract ever now is official. Give it to me. Steven Strasburg. Hey, I remember right that. Right hander of the Washington Nationals. This now is the easily the worst contract ever signed. I mean, it may be sports history. 
Remember, that when they won the World Series in 2019, they beat the Astros. Ghostros! And he helped lead them there. He was the number one overall pick. He was the future. Oh, yeah. And he went 18-6 and six that year, helped them win the World Series. He was the MVP of, this, of the World Series. So they gave him a massive contract. $245 million, right? Ooh! Seven, seven years. years. Yeah, it's a good one. Since that contract, good he agent. has made eight starts. Oh! In four seasons since... Just eight. He's been miserable. How do you ever make eight? He's, missed, <laughs> he's been terrible. And now he's retired. Oh, good for you, baby. Yes, guaranteed cash, ain't it? He's mailbox it. money for the rest of his oh, life. Oh, it's guaranteed, man. And healthcare for life. Yep. Oh, God, his agent. Yeah, I had that agent over. Seven for- years, 245. It's a sad yeah. tale because of injuries have derailed him. Hey, don't but be he, sad. He got his bread. That agent should be over for Christmas, <laughs> all the holidays. <laughs> Great job. Yeah, man. All right, we'll come back. Stick we, it to the man. We'll get back to the Longhorns and the uh, big conversations. Also, how about the first weekend of high school football? There was some uh, big-time performances. We'll get you details on that, including uh, a Longhorn commitment in the state of Texas. Details coming as we roll on. Five hours, five morning week as a week. Austin's only local sports conversation here on the Horn.